And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you're having a wonderful day. And folks, I'm about to head to Mississippi, to Jackson, Mississippi, to be with some great people there uh, for Unite Mississippi. And I've got a number of the speaking engagements down there. And uh, I'm not sure to tell you how, because I think I'm speaking down there about four times over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, but the best thing to do is go to Unite Mississippi. Uh, find that. And I think I've given you some information. I hope that it's helpful. Push, come to shove. You can email me at ewj at standamerica.us or ewjackson at ewjackson.com. Either way, uh, I will get that. and Somebody on my staff will respond and, and uh, give you the information that you need if you're interested in attending any of those events. In fact, I think three of them are in Jackson and there's one that is in a, another location about an hour away. So I may be coming closer to you if you feel like, well, that's that's a good ways off. I know Mississippi is a fairly big state, so but I will be there for the next two days and I'm looking forward to it. Now, uh, yesterday we had an election in California and unfortunately Larry Elder did not win that election. Uh, for some reason, I think somewhere in the vicinity of about 53% of the people of California voted to reinstate um, this little petty tyrant, Gavin Newsom, uh, back into office after his, he's persecuted the people of California. He's ruined the state. They say COVID and homelessness are the two biggest problems. And, you know, that's interesting because it's been one of the most locked down states in the country. And all of that locking down and all that persecution of churches and all of that ordering of people and all of the hypocrisy didn't do a bit of good. Didn't do a bit of good. Because he is one of these people who simply doesn't ref does not respect the right of the American people to make wise choices on their own. And as a result, you're not going to get good results. When, you know, when, when the American people are left to their own devices and, and the government takes its rightful place as the servant of the people, not the master of the people, you get a better result. I'm serious. You just get a better result. I mean, look at what's happened in Florida. Look at what's happened in those states that have not gone for these draconian lockdowns. Sure, they've had their share of people contracting the disease, but they've also maintained robust economies. Uh, they've also kept the schools open. They've been able to do a bunch of things that these lockdown states have not been able to do. And the lockdown states have some of the worst COVID numbers in the country. So, but here again, freedom is not something they respect out there. But, uh, but look, I think that Larry Elder will be back to run again probably for governor. I think the governor's race is coming up in another year and a half again. Uh, so I think he will, be, he will be back to run again. But I'll tell you what's gonna, what it's going to take to turn California around. It's going to take a generation to do it, to turn it around, other than a, a miraculous awakening by Almighty God, which I'm also believing for. But you've got to withdraw all federal funding of all public universities and colleges that teach indoctrination and anti-American ideology. Just say, look, you, sure, you got a right to, to teach that. you got freedom of speech. But we, the American taxpayer, don't have to finance it. We don't have to give you money to tell people, to tell, tell, to tell our kids how bad we are. 
and how horrible a country we are. We don't need that. So you, know, you just finance it on your own. And, and, and maybe by doing so, by, by only funding those institutions that are at the very least balanced – and have conservatives and and uh, and you know, people who are teaching uh, a positive view of America as the greatest nation in the history of mankind, which it is. Uh, that that those people will see, wow, you know, actually this makes life easier. It respects people's diversity of opinion more. Uh, we get the funding that we need. Maybe we ought to all go toward a more balanced approach to education instead of thinking we know it all. We are the Marxist saviors of the world, and we're going to make sure, as one teacher said out in California, it, it, I've got 180 days to turn these kids into revolutionaries. Yeah, that's not what they're in school for. So that's what it's going to take to deal with that situation. But in the meantime, look, a very honorable showing. You got 47%, I believe, of the of the total votes for the 40 candidates running for governor, running to replace Gavin Newsom. So a very, very respectable showing. And I think that he lives to fight another day. Uh, look, this is Celebrate American History Month, and I've got a special guest coming on with me in the next segment, Stephen McDowell, who's an historian. We're going to talk about some, some American history things, because I really want September. Remember, in two days, folks, we celebrate the uh, Constitution Day, uh, what's what's the number? Constitution was passed in 1787, right? And then ratified by the states in 1789. Uh, so this would be what uh, 234 years, I believe. Um, folks, I, I can be I, I'm 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 calculator spoiled, but but somewhere in there. Um, the country is 244 years, 200, well, 245 years old now, 245 years old, and I believe the Constitution is, I think, 12, 11 years younger, yeah, 1776, 1787, yeah, 11 years younger, so yeah, so that would make it 234 years, yep, 234 years that we've had our Constitution, the most successful governing document in the history of mankind. So uh, we've made September here on uh, The Awakening and, and uh, for my organization, Stand September, celebrate American History Month so that we can remember all the wonderful, positive aspects of American history and the American people that there are to honor and to celebrate. And there's far more to honor and celebrate than there is to denigrate. And I will hold fast to that view until I breathe my last breath. And I will continue to hold that view for all of eternity <laughs> with Jesus. Amen. Um, okay. The, the, look, this, this Afghanistan debacle continues to unfold. If you saw any of the hearings with uh, Blanken yesterday, uh, they ought to call him just Blank. Um, is it Blanken? Whatever his name is. But. The man just lied. He just lied and lied and lied and lied and lied and lied and lied. And by the way, everything is Donald Trump's fault. Uh, we inherited a deadline. We didn't inherit a plan. You're the president of the United States of America. You are not bound to any plan or non-plan by some former administration. That's why you've been given the office so that you can make your own judgments and decisions about what needs to be done. And frankly, folks, forgive me if this seems a little harsh, but to me, it's just 
punkish and weak to be blaming President Trump for this debacle. I'd have a lot more respect if they said, hey, look, there's some things we simply didn't do well in this. And we've scrambled to, to correct it. But there's some things we didn't do well. We apologize to the American people. We simply didn't anticipate the way things went down. But we've learned a very valuable lesson. I, you know, I think, I think Americans would just respect that and say, well, you know, at least they're acknowledging that they made a mistake. We can all do that. But the constant, well, you know, President Trump made the decision to do this, and President Trump made, you know, it reminds me of Obama. Obama spent eight years blaming Bush. I'm saying even into his second term, he's, well, you know, what we inherited from the prior administration. I mean, come on, grow up. Stop, you know, I like what Larry Elder said yesterday. He said, we're not pointing fingers and, and, and playing the blame game. Yeah, we, are, we are taking responsibility and we are going to handle this defeat graciously. I mean, that's, that's, that's big boy stuff. That's maturity. But what we've got is a bunch of juveniles running the store in this administration. Well, folks, stand by. Stephen McDowell is coming up. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. The last bastion of common sense and traditional values has been the military. But we're hearing some disturbing comments from several U.S. generals and others in the upper echelon of the military. One of the guests on my radio program suggested that military leaders might not advance above the rank of lieutenant colonel unless they embrace the new woke mindset of the Pentagon. That may or may not be true, but it might explain why we're hearing military leadership talking in ways we've never heard before. General Mark Milley is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and apparently believes our biggest enemy isn't overseas, but right here within the military. He promised to root out white supremacy within the ranks and wants to understand white rage by reading more about critical race theory. The withdrawal from Afghanistan has been a disaster, even if the White House and some in the media try to put a positive face on it. Yet on the day when 13 service members died, what was the communication from the military? Sergeant Major of the Army Michael Grinson sent out a tweet reminding Americans that diversity is our strength. This virtue signaling was the military's effort to commemorate Women's Equality Day. By contrast, a Marine Lieutenant Colonel was relieved of his command for his video criticizing military leaders for the Afghanistan withdrawal. That would be some of the same top brass that constantly criticized former President Donald Trump for four years with impunity. General Michael Hayden compared Trump's border facilities to Nazi death camps, and more recently, the retired general retweeted a suggestion that unvaccinated Trump supporters should be put on planes back to Afghanistan. These are just a few unfortunate examples of the type of military leadership we have today. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Go deeper on topics like you just heard by visiting pointofview.net. That's pointofview.net. 
The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, this is Celebrate American History Month here on The Awakening and for my organization, Staying True to America's National Destiny, because I believe that American history has been denigrated and slandered and vilified and twisted and perverted. And it's one of the reasons why we see such a lack of patriotism among, among some of our young people have been inculcated with these anti-American ideas. Well, my guest, Stephen McDowell, is co-founder and president of the Providence Foundation, which is a Christian educational organization that trains and networks leaders in education and business and politics to transform the culture for Christ. Over, 30 over 40 books and videos and training courses uh, that he shared here in America and around the world. Stephen, welcome to The Awakening. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Well, it's great to be with you, E.W. Now, uh, explain to us what it exactly what it is. I've given a brief synopsis. What is it that you do? Well, we take principles of the Bible as they apply to public life, seek to infuse them into the hearts and minds of those who influence others so that they might bring liberty and prosperity to their nation. Uh, put, you know, we've worked with people from over 100 different countries to take these liberating truths that are in God's Word and show them how they apply not just personally to transform men, but those same principles will transform nations as well. Now, you've seen, uh, you've been at this 37 years full-time with the Providence Foundation. You've seen the degeneration of the culture. You've, I'm sure you, you, you probably just shake your head at the, at the historical ignorance of the American people, uh, and particularly that is being perpetrated in our, in our colleges and universities. Um, how do you how do you respond to that, and, and and do you see that reversing or turning around? What's your what's your organization say to people who maybe think, wow, if I send my child to Harvard or Yale or the University of Virginia or wherever, I mean, are they going to come back a different person? Are they going to come back hating America? What what can the Providence Foundation do to 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 arrest this trend? Well. You, you transform men by giving them truth. <clears throat> of course, that's what Jesus and the Bible teaches, and it's certainly true about our history. You know, we've seen, just especially more recent years, a huge step toward uh, re 
rejecting these biblical ideas upon which the nation was founded. But the same secular principles have been taught in our schools and universities as long as we've been living. It's just we're seeing more of the fruit of it come forth today in the culture. So, you know, the one thing we need to do, and we've done publishing books and training courses, we need to recover the truth of God's hand in our history and in all of history, because God is the author of history. He's the sovereign over all of his creation. He has a plan for man that he's been unfolding, and the study of true history reveals the outworking of God's plan to bring liberty to man. He wants to liberate man, not just in our heart, but in society and in culture. And so, you you know, in the Old Testament, when Israel rejected God and fell away, a key to them returning to him was remembering what God had done for them in their history. So a key to revival in America today is remembering what God has done for us, because when we see that, we we uh, or will be introduced to the author of history, but we gain hope, we gain an understanding. Here's the purpose that God has for us, and especially in America's history, because we were unique. You know, America, we used to teach the idea of, an Amer- of America exceptionalism. That America was birthed unlike any other nation. It was built upon principles that came out of the Bible, because the people who came and settled the nation were a product of the Protestant Reformation. They weren't perfect. They had problems to deal with. But they carried these principles that provided the solution, and then they built these biblical principles and the foundation of the nation. They took root and grew and made us exceptional, the most free, prosperous, just nation the world had seen, and gave the principles for us to overcome problems that had faced man since he fell thousands and thousands of years ago. So that's what true history can do. It can bring liberty to uh, to us as a nation. So really, and I've talked to David Barton, I've talked to Bill Federer, and now I'm talking to you, and I'm sensing a common theme, that without God at the center of our country, America is really not America as we know it and as it was intended to be a place of liberation, is it? And that that explains a lot of the degeneration, doesn't it? Yeah, that's exactly true, that that uh, the foundation that made America exceptional was God, the God of the Bible and the principles that he puts forth of how we are to live, not just personally, but civilly and economically, uh, as far as our family goes. And so that was the spiritual foundation that gave birth to our form of government and every other institutional form. So if you reject the power, if you reject the principles, if you reject the spirit, then you're left with a hollow shell. Of course, the Bible teaches us that that we we are not just to hold to a form of godliness, but we should adhere to the power as well, because if you reject the power, which is God himself and our nation, then the form of government, which America had a marvelous form of government, the best the world had seen, but that will begin to crumble and fall apart, and that's what we're seeing happen. Our Constitution is being rejected and ignored. Our unique economics, policies, and systems... Uh, are being uh, replaced by you know, socialistic ideas. And that's so the, the form's changing because we have rejected that power. 
How unique is it, Stephen, historically, for a nation to found itself on the principle that rights and freedoms are not a gift of government or mankind, but a gift of Almighty God bequeathed to us by him and therefore sacred and and inherent in who we are as human beings. Uh, My sense is that that's pretty extraordinary, but you're the historian. What do you think? Yeah, it's almost uh, unheard of. Ancient Israel, that God raised them up as a nation, he gave them these principles. They didn't do a very good job of living according to them, but to the extent that they did, they became great, greater than any other nation there was in the world. Uh, We see ideas, you know, after Christ came into the world and the New Testament era came to man, you can look at Ireland in the 400s when the Christian Patrick in, uh, gave help give birth to that nation. You can see seeds of that liberty coming forth. And after the Protestant Reformation, you see seeds of that influencing, especially the Protestant nations of Scotland and England and the Netherlands and uh, Germany. Uh, but that seed really didn't have its fullest expression until the United States of America, because uh, these these biblical reformers in the 15 and 1600s were persecuted in Europe, so they fled Europe. They came to the to America and gave birth to the nation. They they found an environment that was not would not persecute them, but they could cultivate these principles of liberty. So. And now, since the birth of America, we see some examples today of how Christianity has positively influenced nations like South Korea. These things are gradually influencing some nations in Latin America and other places. But with the birth of America, it was the first truly Christian republic in, in history. That that uh, that we see. That's what why it was exceptional and unique, and that's why, as I've traveled to many nations, I, among other things, I teach. I teach of God's hand in history, and I show them. Look, every nation can benefit from what happened in America. The goal is not let's be like America. The goal is let's emulate the principles that these Christians brought with them and gave birth to a nation. Because the principle, what it tells us is that God's principles work. He said, if you obey me and do what I say, you'll be blessed. And so we have an example uh, where that's the case. You know, and, it, and it's interesting that the attack against our, our history is so great today with the mm. critical race theory and the 1619 Project and all the other attacks, because it, it, you have it, it, these seculars want to rewrite our history because knowingly or not, they're they're afraid that when we study our true history, we're going to be introduced to God and his liberating principles, and everyone's going to see this is what we want, because men want to live in liberty. Men want to be able to benefit from the fruit of their labor. Men want to be able to worship God freely and train their children in the way God says. But you can't have that environment without infusing biblical principles and the foundation of your of your civil life. How can people find out more about the Providence Foundation? How can they get in touch with you and with your organization and the materials that you all are putting out? Well, the best way is go to our website. It's providencefoundation.com. 
Providence Foundation, all run together, dot com. And by the way, Providence was a word that the founders of America used all the time and understood greatly. We don't use that much today anymore unless you live in Rhode Island. But but uh, Providence is a term that speaks of God's superintending care over his creation. God has created all things, and he's actively involved in his creation. So that that's where our name came from, indicates uh, that that works. So ProvidenceFoundation.com, we've got lots of materials and articles, free things. They are right. many, many books as well. Stephen, listen, it is a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. God bless you, and I'm sure I'll see you somewhere along the trail. All right, God bless you. You keep up the good right. work as well. Thank you, sir. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. A lot of people will call me stupid. I know that. Some will feel sorry for me. Others will snicker a little and say that I should grow up. We humans have a way of expressing our feelings without ever uttering a word. And reading all the expressions, I may come to the conclusion that this will be the attitude of many toward me. But it doesn't really matter what others think of me. What's important is what I think of myself and what the carpenter thinks of me. Somehow, if I have his approval and blessing, all the other snide remarks seem to have a way of diminishing in importance. So I guess that's the reason that what others think of me just isn't too important. Their opinion being relatively unimportant, I feel free to make the following known about myself. I believe it happened. I believe that basically it happened just the way we've been taught that it happened. I believe they took a just man, the most just man ever to walk on the face of this earth, and they nailed him to a tree. I believe they did it because of their selfishness and sinfulness. I believe he allowed it to happen. I believe that he had the power to stop it, destroy them all if he wished, but I believe he allowed them to do it because of his great love. I believe it broke his heart that inside he wanted so much to be loved by those who sought to destroy him. I believe that he forgave them, that he held no bitterness nor hatred toward them, and I believe that in the irony of it all, his love was stronger than their hate. I believe that to this very day, the most powerful weapon in the universe is the power of the love of the Galilean carpenter. I believe there's no weapon anywhere that can make a dent in it. And I believe that the only cure, yes, I said the only cure, to the basic troubles of the world today is the application of that love in our lives. I'm convinced that it has always been and will continue to be his will for us to love one another like he loves us. Yes, I believe that he did arise from the grave. I believe that he was fully dead when removed from the cross and placed in the tomb. And I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that he conquered death with life, that he came alive again and lives today and will live forevermore. Add to that my belief that it is his greatest wish for us that we live that life with him here and now and in the life that is beyond death. 
No, no, I, I, I can't explain it. No one can, but I can experience it. Everyone can. No, I'm not perfect. I'm a miserable creature, unworthy of anything on my own merits. But I have a Savior, and therefore I no longer need to depend on my own merits, only my faith. Laugh, snicker, call me stupid. I guess that's the highest compliment you could pay me. But don't do it too loud. It could be that one day you might share my beliefs. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I'm sure you all have heard that uh, the state of Arizona, and I think they're joined by some others, who are suing the federal government for uh, violation of equal protection under law because they are mandating that American citizens be vaccinated while allowing illegal immigrants to come into our country unvaccinated. How does that possibly work? Here again, the real agenda cannot possibly be public health. The real agenda must be something else. Because if the real agenda were public health, they'd be down at the border with every possible resource stopping people from coming and saying you can't come in here, A, because you might have COVID and we are trying to protect Americans from COVID. And if we allow you to come in for whatever reason, you're going to have to be vaccinated because we're requiring that Americans be vaccinated. Wouldn't you? I mean, that's what you would think, right? Well, no, 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 just come, come right on in. You Americans all need to get vaccinated. And by the way, there is a growing course now. We had Dr. Rich on uh, yesterday, but there is a growing course of people now saying, doctors, medical experts now saying, there's something amiss about the refusal to acknowledge natural immunity in those who have already had COVID. Something's wrong here. As you know, the CDC won't acknowledge it. The World Health Organization doesn't seem to be acknowledging it. The Biden administration doesn't seem to be acknowledging. So, so once again, if the real issue is we want to protect Americans from the ill effects of COVID, we want to keep Americans safe, you would think they would be saying, as Dr. Rich said, since natural immunity furthers the cause of preventing the spread of this disease, we want to encourage as much natural immunity as possible, which means that low-risk people don't need to get vaccinated. Because by having a mild case of the disease, your immune system builds up an immunity that is even more effective. Here again, I'm hearing doctors say equal to or better than the vaccine. But you don't hear any of these official agencies talking about that. And, and by the way, not to pat myself on the back, I've been talking about this for weeks. Not because I think I'm so smart, but it's just common sense. And then I, the, I think the, 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 um, the 
first doctor I heard talk about it was this doctor who appears on uh, Fox News. Um, um, uh, I, you know, it's 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 a lady doctor. I, I always mess her name up, but I think it's 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 uh, never mind. <laughs> I think it's I, I always I used to tease and say and call it fear because her name is 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 spelled kind of like fear. Um, but it, but anyway, she's the first person I heard allude to it, and nobody else was saying anything about it. But now there's a growing course of people talking about it, at the very least. I mean, that's a start, but the officials are not. They, As far as they're concerned, there's only one answer, vaccination, vaccination, vaccination. Uh, this doctor, not doctor, one doctors, General Milley. If General Milley is indeed, by the way, folks, I want to start taking your calls, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Uh, and I may be able to get a couple of in before the end of couple of calls in before the end of this segment. If General Milley actually called the foreign minister of communist China and told him that if there were an attack on China, you would not be surprised, but I would call you first and let you know, as far as I am concerned, that is an act of treason. Because you have taken it upon yourself to represent the United States of America in any potential war or conflict in contradiction to what you think the president might do. In other words, what you're really doing, as far as I'm concerned there, is you are sowing the seeds of a coup. And you are enlisting the aid of a foreign enemy in doing so. This, this, this is beyond the pale. He should be court-martialed forthwith. If that's true, he should be court-martialed forthwith. And here again, I think I said yesterday, it wouldn't surprise me because he's a, he's a leftist. And they don't put America's not the first thing for them. That's um, America first. America's not even last for them. I don't think America's on the agenda at all, except to destroy it or undermine it or to fundamentally alter it. And he, oh my goodness gracious, Lord help us, because having people like that heading up our military, who who go to your enemy and tell your enemy uh, uh, folks I, I don't there are no words there really aren't any words to describe that because what you're basically saying is if there were a war I'd be on your side right I mean how else can you you can't interpret that any other way if there were a war I'd be on your side and here again, folks, don't consider that to be some kind of way out statement. During the Vietnam War, John Kerry was on the Viet Cong side. Jane Fonda was on the Viet Cong side. There have been many instances in which Americans have sided with our enemies. So don't, it, shouldn't, it should not surprise you. And it's these leftists who seem to, uh, here again, they're so enamored of totalitarian 
governments and of, of brutal communist dictators. They, they've got this fantasy romance with them, I think because on some level they'd like to be them. If only I had the power of Xi Jinping, I could really make America straight. Did you all remember Woody Allen said while Obama was president? We just ought to give Obama just absolute power for a few years. Let him straighten everything out. Then we could go back to business as usual after he straightened everything out as a dictator. I'm serious. He said it. See, this, so they, they have this love affair with totalitarian power and control. And, and that's why they, they, they love people like, that's why Ho Chi Minh was so, oh, Ho Chi Minh. What a great man. Liberating the Vietnamese people. Yeah, right. He liberated them all right. Killed several million of them. Killed, or the Communist Party killed several million of them after the war. Fidel Castro, oh, what a great leader. Comandante. Again, folks, this is why I say these people need to pack up and go. Because if they love these other systems so much, go live there. Live out your dream. Live out your fantasy. Don't impose your nightmare on us because we're not accepting it. All right. 888-589-8840. I've, I've been waxing on. Let me try to get a call in here before um, the end of the segment. Uh, let's go to Lisa in North Carolina. Lisa, welcome. Hi, Bishop. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I want to give you a picture of absolute power. Just today, my husband is a 26-year veteran of the U.S. Army, retired 06, colonel. He has top security clearance and has, since retiring, gone to work for a national lab. He was told today that if he does not get the vaccine, he will risk losing his national security clearance. What? Oh, my goodness. With many, many trips to Korea, to Iraq, to Afghanistan. And he has had his national security clearance caught threatened today if he does not get the vaccine. Lisa, thank you so much for the call. Stand by, folks. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Single mom is not your identity. Single is your experience at the moment. Insights from the 10 best decisions a single mom can make by Peggy Sue Wells and co-author Pam Farrell. Being a mom is perpetual. You are always going to be a mom. AFA Journal staff writer Hannah Harrison highlights this recent book offering hope, practical advice, and biblical encouragement to single moms. 
Find this and other helpful articles by visiting afajournal.org. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to her remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. Look through church history. Look at the people whom we consider to be heroes. They all suffered, but they suffered well. This is Focus on the Family Minute, and here's Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Quick illustration. I was in East Germany, which was under communist control for many years, as you well know. A pastor told me that when there was communism, about 15% of the Christians were faithful the rest weren't because the communists said, if you continue to attend church, you are going to be marginalized and your children won't be able to go to school. Let's look at those 15% though, who still did not bow to communism. Mm. Jim, let's look at it from the big picture, eternity. Mm -hmm. Who made the right decision? Remaining faithful to God is always the right decision. Hear more from Dr. Lutzer at familyminute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Folks, when I hear the kind of report that we just got from Lisa, a man who has served this country honorably and well for 26 years, still doing work for the country with a security clearance, and you hear that if he doesn't get the virus, they, I mean, he, virus, if he doesn't get the vaccine, they tell him, he will lose his security clearance? What is wrong with these people? But here again, uh, Lisa said it right. Power gone to their heads. That's the problem. Power just gone to their heads. This this whole COVID thing has brought out the the real tyrannical corruption in these leftists and their their innate desire to control everything and everybody. And you know, I think there's some sort of sick satisfaction that people get. Um you know, almost like some kind of, a, like a sadist. That they get some weird sick satisfaction out of punishing people and, and intimidating people and frightening people and, 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 and making people feel that as if 
they are in complete control of your life. Folks, this stuff is deeply demonic. It really is. It is deeply demonic. But Lisa, we stand with your husband, whatever he's going to do. God bless him for his service, and we stand with him. This, is, this stuff is just, it is completely out of hand and out of control. Uh, let's go to Travis in Kentucky. Travis, welcome. Yes, yes, sir. How are you doing today, sir? I am blessed, Travis. Good to hear from you. Amen, brother. I'm blessed, too. I want to say, uh, Lisa, your, your uh, husband, your family is going to be in my prayers. Um, very sorry to hear that, and it's time to do something about it. Um, glad to be on. Just want to let everyone know, we've been talking about all this stuff for a long time, you know, what's going on and how it's just getting worse and worse. But, you know, guys, there's, there's a time when we got to get off the bench, and we got to stop being spectators, and we need to start playing the game. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, we need to, uh, if you're a lawyer, if you are someone that's in, in the government in some way that you have some kind of, uh, power that, and, uh, influence, you need to step up and you have fear of God and not fear of man. This is, this is enough. We've had enough. So stand up, do what's right. And listen, guys, if they just keep pushing I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm ready to go. Whenever y'all are ready to get up and let's do something about it, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. All I'm, I'm waiting on a call when and where. And let's get this. Let's okay, get our Travis. Back. Okay, Travis. Thank you for the call. You were doing well, Travis. You started to go. go. I'm, I'm not sure where you were going there. But listen, folks, I, I would say this. Always remember we have so many constitutional mechanisms to use that we're not using to the fullest. I mean, for example, there are not enough of us voting. you got a lot of Christians who still haven't figured it out. Uh, and we've got to vote. And I think Travis is absolutely right about this, that each of us has to take some responsibility, get involved, local, state, and federal level, get involved. You don't have to run for office. Some of you should. Some of you maybe are gifted to do that, but support a candidate that you truly believe in. Uh, find people out there who share your values and encourage them to get involved. So there are a lot of constitutional mechanisms available to us. I understand the frustration, but folks, we've got to make sure that our country remains intact. That's why I'm, I'm believing God for an awakening that will allow us to be unified around those values that made America the greatest nation on earth rather than us having to degenerate into some kind of civil war. Uh, all right, let's, let's go to Clifford, also in Kentucky. Clifford, welcome. Good morning, or it's good morning here still. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. We have, a play, we have a, uh, another station here in Kentucky called King of Kings in Somerset, Kentucky, and it's on our same par as, as uh, AFR, and I just recommend it to anyone who's listening also. But my main comments here are, Plandemic, you like words change, P-L-A-N-E-D, not a pan, but a plandemic has, has hit our world. And someone mentioned that possibly the CDC head is Fauci's wife. Is that true? And if not true, maybe you could find out. And I think the long-term are effects is what's causing, causing their crisis because they can't get enough people to come come high. Uh, and get their shot, that they're afraid they'll lose their upper hand, that people might actually start thinking for themselves with what's between their two ears. 
and that's about it. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, listen, um, uh, I like the, the, that, that coin of phrase there, that turn of phrase, plandemic, because I think you're right. I think there's something sinister and ugly about this thing. This is not a natural occurrence, period. It's simply not. It's just not. And you'd have to, you'd have to be stupid to believe that. And I'm not calling anybody stupid, but you understand what I mean. Come on. This thing came out of the Wuhan laboratory and financed in part by American taxpayer dollars to kill us. It's it's just that plain and simple. There's just no other way to put it. And we've got our own uh, governmental officials protecting communist China and defending them, politicians defending communist China and denouncing Americans, I'm, we're, we're losing our patience with you Americans. We're, we're, you're, you're not getting the vaccine. We, you know, you, you, what, what's, what's wrong with you? I mean, please. Joe Biden's going to lecture us? Are you kidding me? 888-589-8840 is the number. 888-589-8840. Got a few minutes left and got a couple of open lines. 888-589-8840. Let's come back to the lines, though. And let's get to Lynn in Arkansas. Lynn, welcome. Thank you. Um, this is off topic, but I'm just going to thank you real quick for your, um, oh, that conference that you did uh, for pastors. I had a family member who went, and they came back with so much information and made uh, gave a message, and people came up and thanked them. Thank him. Well, thank, um, thank you, Lynn. Now, but, do you know which one that was? The, the one I did recently out of Truth and Pardon? Christ at the Cross, I think it was called. Oh, okay, okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Yes, and uh, what I wanted to say is what really bugs me is that when people talk about the vaccine, they talk about giving it to the most vulnerable. And in, in a lot of cases, they're talking about people over a certain age. And I don't think those a lot of those people, they don't need it either. If it's a harmful vaccine, then giving it to some older person who has heart trouble already or whatever, or even a healthy older person, um, could really be dangerous. But they talk about it like, yeah, give it to them. I think, no. <laughs> you know? Like, right. Like, just automatic. Well, well, then, look, you're right. This one-size-fits-all approach is what government always does. And, and you're right. I think, look, I've said before, folks, it is an individual decision. And each person should evaluate, is this worth the risk for me? Now, of course, I'm in my 60s, and my wife and I are, thank God, very healthy people. We don't have any serious health problems at all. And we had a very mild case of, of the disease. Uh so I, I don't need to be rushed out here and, you know, <laughs> you know the, the sirens blazing. <laughs> They're in their 60s. <laughs> Get the vaccine. Get it ready. And, and so, Lynn, you make a point. You make a good point. There's, there's an attitude that you're certain, over a certain age, you're high risk. Get the vaccine. Well, no, it depends on your condition. It depends on what the uh, other risks factors are, for example. Oh, and by the way, Study just yesterday, I'll see if I can find it before the program ends and cite it for you, says if you've already had COVID and you get the vaccine, you are going to have more severe, more of those people have more severe side effects. 
In other words, I've been saying this from the very beginning. If my immune system is already doing the job, why in the world would I interfere with that or mess with that? And now they're saying that people who've had the had COVID and then get the vaccine are suffering severe side effects. They're not talking about the number of people who died from the vaccine and all of that. Well, who are those people? And they're not keeping any record. The CDC is not keeping any record of people who've had the vaccine who then go on to get COVID. Now, why is that, do you think? Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of fishiness going on here, folks. Let's see if we can get these calls in uh, before we go. Let's see. We've got Wayne in Mississippi. Wayne, welcome. Yes, sir. Good evening, Bishop. Uh, Bishop, one, one today, I lost my brother. He was a retired vet. Oh, and I have so a DAV. Yes, sir. But I just want to share this with you. I shared some of it with that young man that answered the phone. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. But anyhow, my brother had went to the primary care for the VA, you know. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just had a little sniffle and ripping nose a little bit. They checked you for COVID. He said, oh, but you're fine. No COVID. But so if you have a problem, let's see the, the fast pace. So brother, they did. They sent him down there and they stuck a stick and stuck up my brother's nose. And he told me on the end of that stick, it was solid yellow. And he called me within three hours, uh, Bishop, and told me, he said, Wayne, I can't breathe. So he told me, he says, uh, I don't even feel like talking. So I rushed over there where he was at. And I told him, I said, call my brother the name. I said, you want me to call the ambulance? He said, I do. So. I uh, called the ambulance, and they finally got out there to take it to the hospital. Well, I got out there, Bishop, and uh, anyhow, I asked, could I go in? They said, no, you can't go in. I, I said, well, why is that? He says, uh, because of COVID. I said, oh, oh, okay, okay. I said, y'all have my phone number. So you'll have to call us back, sir. I said, okay. So I tried three times to get in there. Wayne, I, I, Wayne we're, we're at the end of the program. Listen, we are, our hearts go out to you and condolences for the loss of your brother. I have a feeling I know where that story is going because we've seen that happen all too often where people are isolated from their family and friends. Suddenly they end up that they passed away and they haven't even been able to say goodbye. Uh, here again, folks, there's a lot about this stuff to object to. Well, look, that's going to do it for today. God bless each and every one of you. I love you. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. Remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.